When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment your work stress disappears as you kayak through the canyons. Or the moment you discover the life-changing effects of prickly pear chocolate. But nothing beats the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the very first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. Hi, this is James Mercer from The Shins. This is Shirley Manson. This is Lowe Tullis, the founder of The Cure. This is Huey Lewis giving you the story behind the song. The story behind the song is back with an exciting second season. We peel back the layers on music's most iconic hits with legendary artists like The Killers, Heart, The B-52s, Violent Femmes, Jewel, Huey Lewis, Modern English, and more. To keep the music flowing, we'll be sprinkling in classic episodes from our archives between each new one. So check out the story behind the song wherever you get your podcast. So you want to be a rock and roll star? No? Well, how about a podcast star? Well, as it turns out, there's a new all-in-one platform just for you. It's called Anchor, and it's the easiest way to make a podcast. And check this out. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And then Anchor will distribute the podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and, you know, everywhere else in, uh, in podcast land. And what's even better, you can actually make money from your podcast. Go figure. Uh, no minimum listenership on that. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So go ahead. Download the free Anchor app right now or go to anchor.fm to get started. So what are you waiting for? Podcast stardom is within your reach. The music world moves fast. Want to stay up to date on the latest albums and get in-depth examinations with the artists? Check out Consequence of Sound, the podcast. Bite-sized album reviews for the music fan on the go who wants to stay in the know and much more. Subscribe to the series on iTunes or your favorite podcast provider and let the writers of Consequence of Sound steer you right. Check it out at consequenceofsound.net slash podcast. Consequence Podcast Network. Welcome to another edition of Kyle Meredith With. It's an audio interview series presented by WFPK Independent Louisville at WFPK.org. Consequence of Sound and the Consequence Podcast Network. Wherever you're listening from today, hit that subscribe button right now so you can keep up with these interviews. And if it's a place where you can leave a rating and a review as well. I'm Kyle Meredith. Today, my guest, John Spencer. You know him of the John Spencer Blues Explosion or Pussy Galore. He's back with his very first solo album, Spencer Sings the Hits. We're going to talk about what it's been like writing the songs alone as opposed to with a band, how it's sort of a punk record that harkens back to the days of Pussy Galore. We also get into his involvement with the movie Baby Driver, how his song Bell Bottom soundtracks that iconic opening scene, and if he thinks he might work with Edgar Wright ever again. We'll also hit some anniversary dates. The album Acme at 20 years old and Extra Width at 25. It's Kyle Meredith with John Spencer. Hey, Kyle. How are you? I'm well. How are you? Pretty good, thanks. Well, hey, man, let's let's start then with the um, with with the most obvious easy question. After, what, nearly 35, 40 years in the business, Sing the Hits is billed as your first official solo record. Uh, why why is that? What, what, what brought you to this point? Well, 30 years, I suppose, 30 years of playing a band, and making a racket, and touring around, and doing this, and going there, and 
you know, I didn't have a band anymore. I, uh, sure, I was playing with Boss Hog, and Boss Hog put out a record out, put an album out last year. Uh, record that record was called is called Brudex, and uh, I think it's a great record. Very proud of it. And we did some touring, played played some shows, and I, I love Boss Hog, but uh, it's not really a full time thing. So uh, I didn't have a band of my own. I missed having a band. So I figured, well, we should just get up and and do something. So uh, I wrote these songs and went out to the Key Club in Benton Harbor, Michigan, and and uh, recorded this album with Sam Coombs and M. Sword. I mean, you you sort of I don't know if you call it poking fun at the, at the situation or anything, but there are moments around the record where it's mentioned. I mean, you look in Beetle Boots and there's that line, "Who wants to be in a band?" Uh, some self awareness. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 well, part of the reason I'm uh, I started playing. Uh, music and part of the reason I keep playing music is because I love music in particular rock and roll and uh, yeah I mean it's just an overwhelming passion and obsession and I suppose I'm that uh, passion that obsession includes you know everything that goes along with the, the actual music so uh, uh, I suppose um, it's yes on this record on Spencer Sings the Hits there's some you know nods there's there's references to youth culture or rock and roll or youth rebellion and pop culture uh, but but that's always been in there and i think that just comes from i guess um you know being a fan and uh it, it's sort of like being a garage band you know you, you you're in love so much with with some of these records that you, well you just gotta try to do it for yourself you know it's like well i can you know let's try and play satisfaction in the garage let's do it yeah i've never um I've never been one to uh, to to grab onto the the hyperbolic headlines of you know rock is dead or whatever, but I do find that rock is underground again as far as the mainstream goes and has been for a while now, and it's really comforting well, for me. I mean, my entire you know uh, you know I came up out of the underground. Um, my heroes were people that uh, always you know uh, made their own path and did their own thing. You know, people like. Uh, I don't know, the Velvet Underground, the Stooges, people like uh, Throbbing Gristle or, or Einstein's and Neubauten, uh, people like Big Black or, uh, or uh, um, uh, uh, the Jesus Lizard, you know, or people even like Charlie Feathers, Rufus Thomas, um, artists that were um, un- uh, uncompromising and, and, and really just, you know, did, did their own thing and, and kept doing it. And, uh, you know, yeah, it's nice to have a hit record if you can. But, um, you know, I'm interested in, in, in art and not commerce. So, uh, you know, for me, it's, it's, it's not like I'm, I never started banging away on a guitar because I thought I could make money at it. I started banging away on the guitar because I couldn't help it. You know, there was uh, I had to do it. And, uh, you know, I've been doing this, like I said, we've already discussed, I've been doing this for a while. Uh, you know, this thing comes up and down and cycles in and out about, well, rocks in, rocks out, you know, who's dead, who's not. Um, for me, it's it's um, it's still, you know, very much alive. And uh, and I've always been, you know, outside the mainstream and, and, and down in the underground. So, and, you know, there's a lot of other cool people uh, here, too. And uh, so it's, I've never, you know, people want to come in and join the party, that's fine. But, uh, you know, I'm, it, we're just going to keep keep trying to push forward. Well, I'm I'm very grateful of that uh, as a fan, anyway. Uh, very grateful. Well, thank you. Thanks. And, 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 and you know, you, your your hallmarks, uh, your uncompromising hallmarks, are are all over this record too. I, I have in you know in one of your recent interviews, you said maybe more specifically, this is you know a punk record that possibly even harkens back to the Pussy Glora days. Did well, I read that? Yeah, right? I mean, and, and and there are some there are some very definite clear nods to Pussy Galore. You know, the, the metal percussion is the most obvious. 
And I think, um, you know, the, 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 the heavy influence of 60s garage punk. Um, another thing is about half the record is recorded and it's kind of a slack tuning. Um, songs were written in a specific key and then um, would, you know, put the guitar way out of tune and try doing a t- couple of takes of that. And, and, and Bill Skibby, the, the, our, my, the guy who produced the record with me, he and I would think we discuss well yeah that, that sounds okay or you know may, maybe it's not not so loose you know tighten up a little bit um and that's another nod to pussy galore because when pussy galore was making our early records we did, didn't have a guitar tuner to use one we just kind of tuned to each other and so the guitars all sort of i guess you know would, would routinely be you know nowhere near you know uh concert pitch <laughs> so some of a lot of those early pussy galore records is, are very you know very, very funky sound and so some of the some of the songs on Spencer Sinker hits were were done in a similar slack style. And speaking of funk, I'll bring up the song Hornet uh, as a as a favorite of mine. That's got a great groove to it, right from the beginning. Well, thanks. I think uh, I think we got to give props to M, M. Sword, the, the drummer. Um, he really is such a fantastic player, and he's a guy I got to know uh, working out at the Key Club, uh, that the fabulous recording studio, the Key Club in Benton Harbor, Michigan. Because I've been out working out with Blues Explosion and Boss Hog. And so when I wanted to make this record, I, I, that's why I wanted to go back there because I, I really love that studio and I like working with Bill uh, Skibby and Jessica Ruffins, the, the owner and operators. And Sword is somebody I just got to know from from being out that way. Uh, he's a, a buddy of theirs and, and kind of uh, would help them, you know, help them build the studio, repair things, you know, do kind of uh, con- you know uh, construction jobs. But um, it's also a fantastic drummer. I learned, and he's got his own recording project. M. Sword, he plays a kind of one-man band, and he's put some records out. But so, uh, yeah, I needed a drummer, and and uh, and Sword, you know, he lives nearby in Kalamazoo, so I called him up. So yeah, I think he uh, he's he's really the he's really what makes that song more than something else. You, you know, you talk about you know how much you like playing with other people and, and in a band, but the songs themselves, you wrote these alone uh, at the that's, beginning. That's correct. Yeah, yeah, I I, I do uh, most of most of the time I, I am writing with other people. I I do like being in a group. <laughs> I, I like to uh, um, uh, bounce ideas, you know, and feed off other people. And, and so yeah, typically when I'm writing, I'm writing by playing with with uh, with other people. You know, be it you know Judo Russell and Blues Explosion or or playing with Boss Hog. No, that songs came come out of playing together. But I I didn't have a band, and and so I I just wrote these songs by myself. So it was kind of a lonely process. But uh, again, here's another uh, uh, a throwback to Pussy Lore days because in the start of that band, I just would write by myself. I love how it turned out, man. It's such an exciting record. Uh, well, thank you. I'm 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 pretty happy with it. And and you know, these past few days have been a real adventure. You know, because. Uh, this is the first time we've ever played. We we played our fourth show last night in uh, in Goshen, Indiana. You know, so we're 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 working hard every day and every night trying to. Uh, well, for me personally, I know for sure I'm trying to find my legs, and with this new uh, new band and new sound, and and uh, you know I'm trying to wh- whip it into shape. Well, uh, I'd like to ask about a few things in the past, if you don't mind, um, and, and we'll stick in the the more recent past right now because, of course. Okay. You know, Baby Driver comes out. Was that last year, year before? There you are, right yeah, at the it was beginning. Last summer, yeah, yeah, and yeah. bell bottoms. I mean, how 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 much of a return have you seen on this? Have, have, has this been a big noticeable spike? Well, the sad thing is that you know, uh, I mean, hey, Baby Driver is uh, just a, a wonderful film. You know, full stop. Um, I'm 
I really think it's a great movie, you know. But I'm I'm biased because because I'm in it. But even if I wasn't, I'm I'm a, a big fan of Edgar Wright. So yeah, it's a great movie. Uh, a big return uh, as far as like you know these days it's all about Spotify. So you know yeah that particular song saw a huge jump on Spotify, but that doesn't really translate to anything. It's not like people are going out and buying uh, a vinyl single or buying the, the album that features the song. They're just streaming it, and that doesn't translate to anything in my pocket. But there have been some positive results, um, you know, in the wake of that film, a couple opportunities to license the song for, for you know, advertising. So, uh, yes, it, it, it has been a very good thing. It's been a great thing. Uh, but, you know, it, more than anything, it's just a, it was such a absolute amazing thrill, you know, to, to, uh, to see, to watch that scene and see how, it, you know, uh, you know, how Edgar used the song and what he did with it. I mean, and I've known about this for probably 20 years. The first time I met Edgar Wright, which was in uh, 2005, I believe. So uh, my math's way off. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's, you know, time flies, baby. That's right. So when I first met, when I first met Edgar, one of the things he said to me was, I, want, I got this idea for that song. I'd like to see in, in a film. I said, yeah, okay. Yeah, because he's had the idea since 94 and 95 wow. when he first heard Bell Bottoms when Orange came out. You know, he's been thinking about that. So, it, it, you know, it's the song, and I'm not just, you know, talking nonsense here. Edgar's told me the song inspired that entire movie. Wow. That, was the, uh, that was the starting point. So, I, you know, it's, an, I, it's really, you know, kind of too much for me to, 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 to handle or describe. I mean, yeah, it was, it was really a, an amazing, great thing. And, and, and now it's one of the most iconic music moments in, in movie history. I mean, just instantly. The kid's good. Edgar Wright, man, he knows how to make a movie. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, saw it twi- I saw it in the cinema twice, and both times there was just spontaneous applause at the end of that opening scene. So, yeah, he's, uh, he's a very, very clever guy. Adam, would, you, would you work with him again? I'm, I'm sure you would. Is there any plans maybe to sure, collaborate? Yeah, yeah, you know, uh, yeah, I don't know if you know, but I'm actually in the film. I have a mm-hmm. small cameo um, at the end of the movie. Most people don't realize that I'm in the movie. I don't blame them, but uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess if there's a uh, if there's a baby driver too, and they need a, they need a prison guard, if if Edgar calls, I'll I'll go. I'll go back to prison. <laughs> I'll go back to prison with Edgar Wright. That's a nice yeah, line right there. Headline. Boom. Uh, while we're kind of in the movie thing, because I do want to jump back to a couple of anniversary albums, too, and this one doesn't exactly fall into that, but it leads into that. In uh, 1997, mm-hmm. uh, you covered Right Place, Wrong Time for the Scream 2 soundtrack. That was my introduction, yeah. my personal introduction to the blues explosion. Blew my mind, you know, how yeah. that happened. And you worked with Dan the Automator on that one, right? That's, that's right. Yeah, we were very lucky to work with Dan, and, and he was such a great help, and uh so the, the I don't know what to, in a film it's the music it's not the, not the person who composes the soundtrack but the, the yeah the supervisor or, yeah 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 supervisor that's right so I, the supervisor asked the Blue Explosion to cover that song uh, and I think we used the opportunity uh, you know the, and 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 the budget that they were giving us to uh, to, to work with Dan uh, we were fans of uh, of the of the Dr Octagon record in particular the song Blue Flowers which was um, something we played uh, and, and on repeat endlessly in, in, the, in the tour van. So we were, we were keen to work with Dan, the automator, and um, uh, this was an opportunity to, to, to make that happen. And I can't remember if at that session we then did other, the other tracks for Acme or they, or they were done at a later session. But, yeah, Dan was, um, 
it was it was very nice to work with him, and uh, uh, I, I like the, the our, our, our cover of uh, uh, Right Place for a long time. Not probably the, I think my favorite thing we that we saw him do with Dan Nader that was talk about the blues. Well, that leads into you know the Acme is now twenty years old. It celebrates the twentieth anniversary this year, and. Okay. That's a big cast of characters you guys had for that record. Uh, you know, Dan, uh, the automator being one of those, uh, Steve Albini yeah. was in there. Yeah, we tracked, um, we went out to play the New Year's Eve at the Metro in Chicago, and I guess 97 into 98. So what do you call that, New Year's Eve 98? I, I can't remember. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, somewhere around there. <laughs> and then we played, I don't know, I can't remember if we did one show or two shows at the Metro, but then we went to Steve's uh, studio, Electrical, which was brand new then. And they were still building the the big room, the A room, but we, we worked in the B room for about three days. We After we did our New Year's Eve show, we went to Steve's place and, and spent about three days recording. And we had a, a huge pile of songs, so we just laid everything down. And um, and then, you know, in the months following, we, you know, mixed, mixed with some songs with one person, some songs with another person. Some, you know, it was, it, you know, Acme was a was was sort of like a remix record before the fact, you know, a pre-mix or something. Yeah, right. Uh, but my, yeah, one of my favorite part of the session with with, uh, with uh, Steve at Electrical was uh, one night we heard that uh, Andre Williams, like a blues artist, was playing somewhere relatively close by in Chicago. So we. Uh, um, Said, oh, we gotta go, gotta go see Andre Williams, and we went over to the club and caught a show, and then went up and talked to him. I had met him once before in New York City, and Andre was a guy who, you know, made these incredible records like the the, the um, Jail Day and the Greasy Chicken, and uh, all of these fantastic early singles on Fortune, and then he worked, you know, with for I Turner, and and he had such an, you know, he worked for Motown for Chess. He had such an incredible. Uh, career as a as a performer, a songwriter, and a producer, and uh, so he was this legendary guy that, that sort of had reemerged and resurfaced and was and was out playing again. So we we said, oh, we got to go see him. And we went over and saw him, and then went to say hey, and I and you know said, oh, we're we're just down the road. We're making a record, and um, oh, Andre said, well, let me come over. So we went back to the studio and. And we did a few more songs. One of them was uh, the, the the song "Lap Dance." And um, and once Andre Andre got in that studio, it was great. He just sort of took over, you know, his, his producer had instinct kicked in. He just took took over the, the situation and you know began ordering everybody around. <laughs> that was real. That was a great night. Yeah. And, and I'll bring up one more to the last one because uh, as the big numbers go, extra width also uh, is the 25th anniversary uh, of that one as well. And. You know, for me, it seemed like that was the one where you guys really got your footing as to what the blues explosion was going to be yeah, from here on the, out. The, the first, the first, um, the first record of, from the blues explosion is just sort of a spasm of, of energy and ideas. And then we went out and played a lot of shows, and we did we toured a lot, and we spent uh, we did a couple tours of the Jesus Lizard, or maybe just one long tour. And I, just the just playing of you know a show every night. Um, playing again and again and again, touring, help the Blues Explosion focus and, and figure out uh, how to work together and, and, and help us you know, more clearly define each person's role within the band and, and, and the sound of the band. Also, watching the Jesus Lizard night after night, how they worked and how dedicated they were and how hard they worked um, was, a big, uh, made a big, was a big influence on us and made a big impact. And I think, if, again, if my memory serves me, 
uh, at the end of one of these Jesus Blizzard tours, we well, we uh, then uh, went straight to Easley Studios in Memphis, and that's where we tracked uh, Extra Whip, then mixed it in, in uh, New York City with, with our friend Jim Waters at, at the, at the uh, old waterworks. It's kind of fun to read, you know, some of the articles that were written about the band back in the time because, you know, culturally, the mainstream or whatever you want to call it, uh, it, it was easier to be something different and, and to be accepted, I think, and, and to kind of sneak in the back door for a lot of bands around that time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and, and while, you know, you might not have sounded like whatever was on, you know, Top 40 radio at the time, although there was a lot of rock on there, you still had so many people talking about you. I mean, you were, you were like the buzziest of the buzz. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I don't, um, I mean, I could say, well, we were lucky, and I think we were lucky. Uh, we definitely got some good breaks, but also, you know, we were, we were a good band, and we worked very hard, and, and, and a lot of the notice we got was just because we were out playing. Uh, we weren't necessarily relying on, 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 you know, mainstream media or, or you know, MTV, or, and, you know, we certainly weren't re- relying on, on any kind of real radio play. Mm-hmm. We were just out there touring playing and you know converting people you know one show one night at a time story of your life right there what a what a line to yeah. end it on <laughs> just we just we just did it last night here at the ignition music garage in goshen indiana which yeah. is actually a, a really wonderful uh, record store and, and venue it's in an old auto body shop in in, in, the, in the town of goshen you're right up the road from us. Uh, I'll point out to you, you're set to be in Louisville on uh, August 9th, so not too far away at all, uh, playing at Zanzibar. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm so yep, excited to very, see the another show. Another very cool venue. Mm-hmm. A nice, nice spot, yep. Yeah, so I, I'm really excited to catch it. And again, uh, I'm so excited for this uh, Spencer Sings the Hits record. Uh, uh, congrats again, man. Let everybody know, and, and, and thank you so much for doing this, and, and, and uh, tell them to come out to, to see the Hitmakers. Absolutely. It was a pleasure, right, sir. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Likewise, bye. Bye. And a big O thanks to John Spencer for that call right there. The new record is Spencer Sings the Hits. Don't forget, you can subscribe to Consequence of Sound's YouTube page right now. Hit that subscribe button to keep up with your favorite artists and interviews. For you podcast fans, maybe you're listening to iTunes, Podchaser, wherever you're getting this from, subscribe there. Then uh, give a rating, leave a review as well. And you can head over to WFPK.org. That's where I do a show every Monday through Thursday from noon to 3 Eastern, where you'll also find some bonus episodes over there. I'm Kyle Meredith. I'll see you next time. Consequence Podcast Network. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.